live from Liverpool, we need to talk about ghosts with Kevin Eustace. Yes, it's Sunday. Hooray, it's time for the Sunday Sermon. Of course it is. That's what we do on a Sunday for paranormalian, paranormalian type people. Anywho, how are you all? As all podcasters say to their listeners, I hope you're fantastically well and the world is treating you nice and kindly. Guess what? For this little intro part anyway, I'm not alone. That's not a ghost, although it did sound like one. It's Becca. Hi, guys. Get in a bit closer to that microphone, if you would, my love. Okay. Thank you. It's good. And the reason you're here is because we both received a little package in the post, didn't we? And we want to say thank you. It was so good. It was so good. So Jessamy, one of our listeners all the way over in Los Angeles, California, um, she paints stones, doesn't she? Like like with lovely little designs and stuff. And she sent over two stones. One, um, the logo for the show. And the other... It's spot on. It's spot on. It's so good. And the other is the neighbour's cat. And that's even more <laughs> spot on. It's like yeah, a little... It's so um, detailed. It's like one of those pictures that the more you look at it, the more you see, isn't it, really? Yeah, yeah. There's so many more details that I've been able to appreciate them from when we first opened it. Yeah, like it's got our re- actual wallpaper on the background. Yeah, yeah, wallpaper. Um, and the Halloween ghost. And the Halloween ghost. If it, it's, To be honest, if we didn't know Jess and me, I'd be a bit afraid, really. <laughs> um, because we have just installed an internal camera, so it's like I'd be like, who's hacking that? And then sending us gifts. Yeah, it's the neighbour's cat with a little microphone, isn't it? Because she's doing the podcast. Yeah. Clever girl. Podcat. Anyway, yeah, so big thank you to Jessamy. Yeah, I love them, thank you. They're straight up in Pride of Place. Yeah, we don't think she's actually listened to the show at the minute due to a lot of other stuff that um, she put in a nice card to us. But when you do eventually listen to this, Jess, thank you very much. That was lovely of you. Anyway, how have you been? Good. People haven't heard from you in a while. I know. So this is a paranormal show, so have you got any paranormal tales? Um, No, I think you've forgotten... That you How don't. it works when I come on. Yeah, try and get into that side there. Uh, you're going over there. I always do this with you, don't I? Cause... I know, you're so not. You're well further away from it than I am. And this is from the person who said you might think about starting a podcast in the future. Yeah. Yeah, you need to know how microphones work. I do know how microphones work. Why are you so comfortably sat far away from it and you're making me lean in? I because... think it's just I'm getting punked. You're not... <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I've got nothing better to No, I, I have the ability through years of podcasting. I have the ability. Yeah, to... Years of podcasting, get lost. Well, and using microphones for singing and stuff. I can, like, project my voice in, into this microphone from a distance. Well, I can project also. I just don't choose to. Oh, touche. Mm. Anyway, I want to pull you up about something while you're here. And it's, oh, not, right, para- it's not paranormal. Okay. Um, the other day, we were sat on the couch and we were talking about say one nice thing to the other person. Just to, to make we? them... Yeah, we were. And anyway, I said, like, well, okay. I said, you're like an angel. You're the moon and the stars. And <laughs> didn't. I did. You I beckon the did. moon and the stars. All right, not the moon and the stars, but I said something bloody lovely. I said, like, right. you know, you make life amazing, everything I do in my life. My life is perpetually better for you being in it. Here's your halo. You're fucking amazing. Was the basic gist of what I said. Right, okay. And then it was your well, why turn. Why was this turned into a telling off Because me? Because it, then it was your turn to say something nice about me. Okay. And you know what you said? You're stronger than you look. This doesn't sound true. It is dead true. This, we haven't had this conversation. We have had this you conversation. You haven't said anything about angels for a start. No, all right. And Maybe not that bit, but I. But you said to me, you, so I basically... Right, well, this is the problem. I've made you gonna, a deity. If you're going to lie about the details, I'm obviously going to struggle to remember, so... Well, I made you a deity, basically, and what you said to me is that... You didn't I, make I can me a deity, pick, you pick... just accurately described me as a deity. Oh, but what you said in return was that I can accurately... No, sorry. What you said in return was I can pick up a large bag of sugar that's... instead of a small one. No, I didn't. You did? That's not what I would say if I had to choose one. No, 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 no. You're getting confused with different conversations here. 
I'm not. The th- you are. The thing when I said you're stronger than you look mm. was when you were saying that it would be good if at the Olympics they had like a normal person having a go as well for like comparison. Oh, no, you said, you said, this is it. You had this idea. I didn't, where... it wasn't my idea. The, the thing, I heard it on the, um, right. I heard it on Ian Bolsworth okay, podcast. Whatever. But you were saying that if, rather than the Olympics being like, that they should have another Olympics basically for like your average Joes, which is like a ballot of like being yeah. done or whatever. So like, you just like normal, but so you suddenly like, you get this letter through the post and you're like, oh, I've got to do the hurdles. Like, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that would be like even more amusing because it'd just be normal people. Yeah. And then we were saying, what sport would you want to get? And oh, I said okay. yeah. that you are stronger than you look. So you might have a good chance at that because a lot like if you went up against people like an who was underestimated, yeah, against an average Joe, I think you would do better than most people would think you would do. Okay. So, again, why am I getting told off? So have you been? Because you've made something up and got annoyed at it. <laughs> it turns out so, yeah. I didn't realise that. But have you been anyway? Yeah. yeah <laughs> We're moving swiftly on. So what Niles, po- if it's to be hugging the floor. <laughs> yeah. What, um, so what would your podcast be about? Um, I mean, this is way me off on, in the future we're talking here. You're putting me on the spot now. I am, yeah. That's what happens when you're a, the partner of a podcaster. Maybe one day I'll experience it. <laughs> Oh God, you're so sickeningly smart. <laughs> I am, yeah. That's the point. That, that's Awful. what I'm, that's what I do with you. That's 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 endearing. Is it? Nah, Is not it? really. Uh, not really. Anyway, have you got... uh, then why am I making that noise? Uh. Because you make that noise when I'm endearing. You just broke in that way. <laughs> okay. Um, do you have anything paranormal to share? Oh, I'll, t- I'll tell you what I will do. That is quite paranormal. Well, it. It's not. It starts meant to be, but then it goes off. Why don't you just tell me what it is instead of describing it? I will. Well, showing the, the journey. The Patreon that I'm going to do today, the Patreon show, is about a book that we found in a market in Liverpool, and it's about Catholic ghost stories, which was a dead interesting sort of niche that, like, I know that they exist because you know, I just do, and but I didn't know there was a book that had been written specifically about ghosts of Catholics and is priests it, and stuff. Yeah, is it Catholic ghost stories, as in all the ghosts are Catholic, or is it? Ghost encounters experienced by Catholics. It'll be experienced by. So it's by priests, mainly of Ireland. It's like priests and bishops and stuff regaling tales of paranormal. Right. Deities. And just, I thought the Catholic Church didn't acknowledge ghosts. No, they, they, well, they've got one big one, haven't they? The Holy Ghost. No, they, they acknowledge them, but they don't like you messing about with them. <laughs> right. So they're kind of like, to Catholics, I think ghosts, well, to the clergy, should I say, because Catholics love ghosts. I'm Catholic. This is a ghost story podcast. But I think to the clergy, like to priests and stuff, they very much treat ghosts like, you know, an electricity generator where it says, danger of death, do not enter. Mm. They're, they're, I think they're very much like, it can be there, just don't fuck about with it because you'll die. And it's very dangerous. Um, so we won't talk about it. Like, we won't bring the electricity pile onto the attention of the kids because they'll go, death, eh? Let's go and have a fuck about. Right, okay. Do you know I tried to climb a pile on when I was a kid? Did you? Did you have any sort of shock? Because it would explain a hell of a lot. No, no, I did. No, it's it, on it. We were in fields and it just looked to me like a giant climbing frame. I thought it looked awesome, so I started climbing it. Um, and my mum and dad shouted at me quite quickly to get down, and I did, and then that was that. The mum and dad who took you to the electricity pile on to play. Yeah, well, I don't know what we we're doing there. We we're just walking through a field. I don't know. Well, I must have been. If they were together, I must have been like three. So. Okay. Three and climb. Anyway. And we, yeah, I need to pick holes in that story at some point. This isn't the time nor place for it, but um, we'll start with how a three-year-old can reach the first rung of a pylon. Well, it goes down to the floor, doesn't it? No. The the first bit you can grab onto is like 11 foot high. 
No, it's not. What are you talking about? It is. So that and they do that so that idiots like you don't go. Hey. At the bottom, it's a triangle shape, isn't it? So you would reach up and. I'm going to show you a picture of a pile, and you'll be very surprised. Get it up now, and I'll ah, show you exactly where I climbed. If you honestly think you've climbed a pile, no, I have obviously didn't climb the full pile on. I wasn't like super baby. <laughs> <laughs> I started to climb. It was the point. No, you didn't. I did. I obviously didn't get far because it was a pile on, and my and you were three. told me to get down immediately. Yeah, electricity pile on. If you tell me what you noticed about that, Becca. Yeah, there's an electricity pile in there in the UK. Yeah, right. So you know at the very bottom there where it's the triangle. So what I was going to do is go up. That was my intention. I understand what climbing is. Well, it seems like you don't because you seem to think that that can't be climbed and it clearly can. I would struggle to, to reach the first part of that with my feet. You were three. Unless you were... how, how would you struggle to reach the floor with your feet? No, what not the floor. The first part to climb up. Unless you're like Benjamin Button and you, you, you were 20 foot tall when you were born. Right. You know how it hits the floor? So you start at the floor and you climb up. I don't, what are you not getting about this? Right. You're wrong. What do you mean I'm wrong? I think, I think your mum and dad maybe kept you in a box or a cage as a child and like when you were growing up any good funny stories they were like um, make something up yeah you climbed a pile on when you were three what what a weird thing to do I know yeah but that's, I mean, not... that's more likely than you climbing a pile on a three is my point anyway this isn't scary oh. well it is actually it's terrifying really I mean, it was a child kept in a box and <laughs> fed false memories. Not technically paranormal, but I'm sure, a bit scary. I'm sure Alton Towers was out when you were a kid. You know, you could have just went there and said, let's go to the electricity fields of joy. Hmm? What are you talking about? We were just walking through a field. Okay. Anyway, we're 10 minutes in already. None of this is paranormal. Well, there's been touches. And pa- oh, sorry. I haven't I even got to... I that you've shifted the blame onto me for this. I know, yeah. I haven't even got to the, to the point of that book story thing is that the funny part was there was a book in there that said, that was literally genuinely, we'll have to see if it's still there, yeah. left-handed people are Satanists and all this, wasn't it? It was like, the on the yeah. back bullet pointed, like, the evils of left-handedness. Why left-handed yeah, people are deranged. Yeah, it started off like, all right, like, like, you know, famous left-handed people looking at what left-handedness means. And then it was like the derangements of left-handed people and like yeah. the sinisterness and why left-handed people are, are evil, basically. Yeah, why, why are most serial killers left-handed, question mark? And like all, like you could re- find all this out in the book, so we're going to have to buy it. I, I was quite offended, yeah. It was from like the 60s when stuff like that was allowed to burn left-handed people as witches. No one was allowed to burn left-handed Well, people you as say witches. this, but are I've got a book. Are you going to go back and get it? Yeah, I am, actually. Um, then we can write a strongly worded rebuttal to the author. What, to, to the corpse of the author? How oh, do you know he's dead? He's left-handed. Or he encountered, no, he was murdered by a left-handed person. Who's insane, Becca, insane, right with the left hand. What is this backwardsness? Anyway, I joke, of course. Um, so yeah, always a pleasure. Fuck off. <laughs> I'm, of course, joking. No, I've got big news, actually. No, no, I've got to fuck off, so no, 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 keep I it to yourself. I want you to hear the very big news next week mm-hmm. on the show. Um, very big announcement. Well, I can't say who it is, but next week we have a very... So you don't have a big announcement. No, I just realised. Um, but anyway, we have um, a very special guest on okay. for an interview next it's week. It's not me. It's not you. It's a very special guest. Hey. No, no, you're a very <laughs> special guest. Um, but, yeah, this person is uh, very special. Right, okay. Special to me. I, I kind of idolise them in the, in the podcasting world. Okay. And will yeah. your listeners be familiar with them? Some will, right? And those who aren't should be. Right. And though in about a year's time, they definitely will be, because as paranormal enthusiasts, we'll have seen a film that they're putting out. So, Ooh, yeah, interesting. That's a clue. That's a clue. Clue right there. Good. Anyway, Becca, I need to talk about ghosts. Okay. Because we need to. We. We. And then any final final words, and then I'll kill you. Any final words you'd like to say? I to wish you'd stop joking about killing me. I know, yeah. So do I. But you know, trying to give you a warning here. <laughs> <laughs> 
I can't say you've not had your chance. Anyway, go on. Anything you want to say? I, I don't know what to answer that, no. I'm not, not really worried. going to kill you. Mm, better not. I mean, if I do, it'll be through cholesterol, because takeaways, but, you know. Anyway, thank you very much, Becca, for appearing on the show for for that snippet of time. 12 minutes. I said, come on and say hi and thank you. I've kept you here, though. Don't look at me like that. Yeah, I know you have kept me here. I I, I don't know whether I'm welcome or not. It's really hard <laughs> with you, because you're like, say hi, say hi, say hi, so we'll come on and say hi, and then you keep me talking, it's fine, it's great we have a little chat, and then you're like, will you fuck off? It's been 12 minutes, you're only supposed to say hi. And I'm like, what? what yeah, I know, it is down to me. It is down to me, that. Um, okay, thank you though, Beck. You are welcome. Goodbye. Tatty, bye. Bye. She's gone now. Right, okay. She's not really. She's going to try and slowly try and slope away. <laughs> slope away. <anyway. laughs> anyway, okay, so we need to get on with the show. Um, I want to say apologies to those who just tune in for ghost stories, but I know a lot of you don't, so I hope um, you enjoyed Becca being on the show there. It's very rare that she is, so. She just apologised for my presence. No, I didn't. Are you going or what? <laughs> you can stay if you wish, but you, you can't slag any ghost stories off. Um, so yeah, big news is that we've got a very special guest next week. Oh, if you're wondering, because of uh, Becca's rude interruption, <laughs> oh, I'm dead funny. Um, we won't uh, we won't be singing any Patreon names this week, but we will be next week. So uh, if you want to go and sign up to Patreon, it's at patreon.com forward slash we need to talk about ghosts. There's about 120 Patreon only shows for your enjoyment over there. And when you sign up to Patreon, I will sing your name out on this feed. Yes, I will. So go to patreon.com forward slash we need to talk about ghosts. And obviously all the good stuff like it helps the show keep going and all that jazzy Jeff. Okay. Now, I think it's time without further ado that we get to some actual scary stories. What do you guys think? Hooray, they all shout. In fact, Becca, you can be the crowd. See if you just scroll through your phone. Are you ready? Um, what am I doing? Uh, you just go, yay, like a crowd. Okay. Okay. So, I think it's time we get to some scary stories. What do you guys think? Yay! Yeah, I yay, thought... Sorry. Yeah, oh, oh, I didn't think... I never ever imagined it going that long, but I'm fine with it. Okay, guys, calm down! The scary stories are coming. I am sick of you asking me one thing and then criticising when I do exactly what you have asked before. <laughs> yeah, I should stop doing that. Okay, let's get to some spook. Seriously. Okay, let's finally get to some spooky stuff. Yes, so our first email this week comes in from Danny. And Danny writes, Hi, oh, I just hit the microphone. She doesn't write that. She writes, Hi, Kev. Hi. Hi, Becca. She could have said that. She just left. And a special hi to the neighbor's cat. Meow. First, please feel free to use my name. Oh, I just have. Sorry. And if this is more dark paranormal material, please feel free to use it there. In brackets, I would be honoured. Wow, well, thank you very much, Danny. Um, however, as you know, if you listen to the dark paranormal, I don't know what accent that was, but I won't be trying it again. Uh, the dark paranormal's on just about, it's just finished season three. So season four. Is that right? I think so. Season four is going to be back to famous stories. And then we go back to listen to stories at season five, which will probably be, I don't know, back end of the year. So we don't want to keep you waiting, Danny, is what I'll say. So this is Danny's story. I've considered writing in for some time. I often talk myself out of it because most of my encounters can be described very briefly or as just one of those things. Like seeing a picture tilt on the wall or a vine on a houseplant being lifted and dropped in a room with no fans going on. But then I was reminded of this one. I'm not really sure it's as much of a ghost story as just a story of something else, but it's certainly one worth telling. I live in Idaho, USA, 
and we have a bit of a culture here around guns and hunting and for some reason I had it stuck in my mind that I needed to go hunting and bring home a deer. I must have felt it was some kind of rite of passage or something. I don't know. I was in college. I'd never done deer hunting before and I never will again. I got my tag and planned my trip. I was going to take my dad who hunted a lot when he was younger. He was going to help me track and carry anything we might have gotten. Our white-tailed deer here can weigh several hundred pounds and stand three to four foot tall at the shoulder. We got up at like 3am and went off into the woods in the mountains. We parked and then hiked several miles in the near pitch black darkness using flashlights until we found a nice stretch of woods near a mountain with a stream and we set up. The plan was to wait until we heard something moving towards the water as the sun rose and then start trying to close the distance until we could see what it was. If it was a buck, I would line up and take my shot. We sat in the dark in the mountains for what felt like hours, not speaking, just listening. We heard the forest wake up, the birds and squirrels get up and go about their business, and no deer. The sun rose and we packed up and hiked back to the truck. Once we loaded everything up, I didn't want to give up that easily, or feel like we've wasted our time, so we started driving the back roads home. The region I was permitted to hunt in also had a lot of farmer's fields and lower hills, so we took off in search of a flock that we could potentially see from the road and start the process anew. We drove most of the day without seeing anything, until we rounded a bend in the road and a puffy white tail jumped over the road and into a stand of trees that were at the edge of a farmer's field. With probably 30 minutes left until sunset, we cautiously parked and got out of the truck. We proceeded to creep into this small stand of quaking aspen. Now, if you're not familiar with Quakies or Idaho, we have nearly perpetual wind and quaking aspen have tiny leaves that rustle and shake with the slightest breeze. When the wind blows through a bunch of these, you would think you've been caught out in heavy rain. That day was one of those sort of windy days, slight breeze and occasional gusts nearly a constant presence. As we step through the outer line of the trees near the road, we see them. Four does turn and look at us and start edging away. This is far too many to just be a wandering chance collection, and we surmise there must be a buck nearby that's taking care of them. They realise we're not deer, and so start to walk out of the clearing. We keep a respectful distance and follow them. We can hear them walking through the quakies and stepping on the sticks. Then they step through a line of trees and out of our line of sight. Suddenly, we cannot hear them anymore. We push through the rest of the clearing and get to the tree line on the other side, and we cannot see them in the farmer's field. Nor can we see any tracks on the soft tile dirt. We sort of range up and down the tree line looking for any trace. We're more confused than anything else at this point, and decide to head back to the truck. As we're going through the middle of the clearing, a little sage grouse, a bit like an angry dog crossed with a chicken, decides to try and challenge us for its territory. The seasons overlapped, and while I had rifle rounds that were way too strong to shoot at this little ground bird, I did have a small caliber sidearm with me. I sling my rifle on my back and draw my pistol. This bird is probably seven feet from me, about two meters and I have fired hundreds of rounds through this pistol. This is a shot I've made a hundred times before and a hundred times since. I fire three rounds in quick succession, 
aiming at the vital centre of mass of the bird. It doesn't shed a feather nor make any additional noise. It just turns around and heads straight for a small bush. It ducks into the bottom of the stationary brush and disappears. My dad walks to the other side as I approach the front, so if I scared it out we'd be able to see where it went, but nothing moved. I poked around under the small bush with a stick, but I don't see any feathers or any sort of bird whatsoever. It's about this time that the last echoes of the gunfire fade into the valley and we both sort of just look at each other. Then we realise we can't hear anything. We heard the gunfire and the echoes, but ever since the deer left the trees, we haven't even heard the leaves rustle in the wind. It's dead quiet. You could hear a single leaf fall from the tree and strike the ground. The sun is setting rapidly at this point, and we both get one hell of an unwelcome feeling. We're not exactly the wasteful type, and I wouldn't shoot at something without intending to take it home and eat it, but we both had the very strong impression that we should leave. I stand up and we book it back to the truck and take off, neither of us looking back. I don't know what may have resided in that stand of quakies, be it some kind of elemental spirit or ghost, but we definitely felt like we've pissed something off. We've also talked it through and neither of us saw any blood or feathers come off the grouse and we both agree it's not the sort of shot I would miss. I wonder if we could even find that same stand of trees again. I sometimes think we should try. Maybe I could make some sort of offering as an apology. But I get the feeling we will never find those trees. The bird, nor the deer, and maybe that's for the best. We intruded into a place not made for us and tried to take from it. I personally consider banishment a generous sentence. I do know I took the lesson to heart and I have a greater respect for nature these days. Anyways, big fan of the show, keep up the great work. Maybe, if I can find a good way to spin it into a full story, I'll write in again to tell you about the hallway of shadow people in the first house I lived in. Although in reading that sentence back again, I immediately got goosebumps about the memory. Take care and be well. Danny. Wow, Danny. Wow, Danny. I'm all about these elemental forest spirits and folk. Yes, I am. As you'll know if you're a fan of the show. Um, and the only thing missing from that is something being around eight or nine foot tall, as these elemental spirits tend to be. But yes, that's amazing, Danny. What did you encounter? Hmm. I do think there are sacred spaces on Earth. Um, you know, I think we learnt a lot during like that time when humankind was in its First Nations phase, you know, and there was like people respecting the earth and going around and worshipping demigods and stuff like that. And I think we obviously got rid of all that when Catholicism came in. But I do think there's sacred little shrines, you know, little areas of ley lines intersecting where magic happens, like sound disappears and animals come in and can't be shot. So, yes, thank you, Danny. What a great story. And do you can't just put that at the end like, um, oh, let me tell you, maybe one day I'll tell you about the story about the house full of shadow demons that I lived in. Maybe. Tatty bye. No, no, you need to write that story down and send it in post haste. But thank you very much, Danny. Now let's have another story. Our next email comes in from Anna. And it's called True Story. Yes, it is. And it goes like this. Hi, Kevin. Hi. I've just discovered your podcast, The Dark Paranormal, and I'm hooked. Oh, well, thank you. And good. It has made me want to tell you one of the events I've experienced. I've experienced many of them, but I won't tell them all in one email. That's the spirit, Anna. Keep us all bated breath. Send them in, though, please. So this is the first one. This is kind of a two-in-one as it happened at the same house. It's my best friend's house where she lives with her parents. I should say that her house is haunted. Her dad has the gift of being able to see ghosts and will sometimes casually say, if you feel cold, don't worry, 
a man has just come through the living room. Sounds pretty worrying to me. But as I say, this is just two incidents that happened on the same night. So this is Anna's story. I'd gone to spend the weekend at Emily's, like I do regularly. She was really excited to show me the Valentine's card her boyfriend had gotten her, as it was a new relationship and she didn't think he would get her one in such early days. After she showed me, we heard her mum, Sue, call down from upstairs asking us what we were doing. I'm just showing Anna my card, Emily called back up. There was a moment of silence and then we heard her mum say, we'll bring it up here and show me. I grabbed the card and gave it to Emily, who took it upstairs. I stood at the bottom as I knew she would want me to put it back. Emily showed her mum, who said, Why are you showing me this? Emily glanced down at me, confused, before answering, You've just told us to show you the card. No, I didn't. Her mum was insistent that she hadn't, as she was busy decorating with Emily's dad. Mum, we both heard you, I said. In brackets, I call them mum and dad, just to be clear. No, I didn't, Sue said, getting irritated. Ivor, did I say anything? She asked her husband. She didn't say anything, Ivor replied. Needless to say, we were spooked out but carried on with the day. Our friend Emma was coming over and we were going to be having a fun evening of films, wine and pizza. Emma arrived and we told her about what had happened. She agreed it was spooky but shrugged it off. Emma is a more sceptical person and doesn't really believe in the paranormal. We decided to watch a film whilst waiting for our pizza. We were all on Emily's bed. Emily was one side, Emma in the middle, and I was on the other side. Myself and Emma had a clear view of Emily's door so we could see if anyone had come upstairs. We were happily watching the film when I saw Sue go into her bedroom, which is next to Emily's. Emma saw her too. It doesn't sound odd, but she normally pops her head in to see what we're up to or just to chat but she silently went into her room. Looking back, it was strange as we didn't hear her coming up the stairs and they are the loudest steps imaginable. Anyway, I'm starting to blabber. Emma and I looked at each other, then back towards Sue's room. She hadn't switched her light on and it was dark, so we knew she wouldn't be able to see what she was doing. I sat up and looked at Emily. Em, is your mum okay? She's walking round in the dark. Emily looked at me confused. Mum's downstairs, she said. Emma and I looked at each other again. No, we've just seen her go into her room, Emma said. Are you sure? Emily asked as she was looking at us like we're trying to pull a joke on her. Emily, I'm telling you, she's in that room. I knew I was starting to lose my patience and I knew she wasn't believing me. Emily rolled her eyes and picked up the house phone and called the landline downstairs. Her mum picked up, and then we knew it wasn't her mum in that room. I stood up and went to the door of Sue's room, Emma and Emily following me. I felt brave and called out, Hello! Time seemed to stand still for a moment, and then we felt a cold breeze come towards us, followed by a loud scream. Emma says it was more of a growl. We all shot down the stairs to the living room where Emily's parents were and they were as white as sheets, as they had heard it too. We didn't sleep upstairs that night, and Sue and Ivor actually had the house blessed as soon as possible, although things still happen there every so often. Emma refuses to go into the house now. I still stay over there just as before, 
but I'm more aware of how not alone in the dark I really am. Terrifying story there, Anna. Wow, that is amazing. Thank you very much. Um, what was that then? Was that a doppelganger, do we think? Or was it some demon stealing identities? I don't know. The skirm, the skirm, the scream part, though, at the end seems absolutely terrifying, especially if everyone, including Ivor, heard it. You don't hear the name Ivor very often these days. It's a very Welsh name, Ivor. Ivor the Engine. Yes, I wonder if this guy's got Welsh heritage. We'll never know. Anyway, that was fantastic. Thank you very much, Anna. I think we've got time for one more story because, you know, you've got to get at least three stories a show, haven't you? Yes, you do. That was Cockney there. Thank you very much. Okay, let's have another. Okay, this story comes in from Josie. And this email goes thusly. Hi, Kev. Hi. Even though I'm now more sceptical than I was younger, I've had experiences that are hard to explain. I have weird feelings in buildings or rooms, almost a pulse of energy, usually in older houses, seeing lights out of the corner of my eye, or sometimes seeing a collection of very bright, moving lights in the shape of people. That's interesting. I do like that. I tell them to go away, and then there's nothing there. Ah, they pay attention. I like this. The last time this happened, I ended up getting really mad, telling them to F off, and I haven't seen anything since. Oh... That's very commanding of you there, Josie. But I do like the idea of this, like, lights in the shape of people. Hmm, very scary. In fact, whilst it's on my mind, there's a trailer that I've just seen for a film that's coming out. You might have seen this trailer, and I'm sure we're all going to watch it because we're all a bunch of weirdos who love getting scared, um, called The Night House. Apparently, it's the scariest film since Hereditary. And if you haven't seen the trailer, YouTube it, because... You'll see what I mean about the shape of a human. It's oh, terrifying. Looks very good. Going to definitely give it a whirl. Anyway, this is Josie's story. When I was 16 or 17, living in my parents' house and going to sixth form college, I would often sit up late at night watching telly to have time alone and watch films. More often than not, I would sit in the living room located at the front of the house, which was always very cold as it was north-facing and had a rather old radiator on one wall. To reduce the risk of frostbite, I used to put on a very old-fashioned electric fire with two red-hot bars, and when you sat in front of it, your face would be burning hot, but your back would be freezing. One night, having had my fill of whatever rubbish I was watching on telly, and my face being scorched by the electric fire, I retired to bed. Just as I was about to drift off and right on the edge of sleep, I hear bang, 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 bang coming from the hallway downstairs. My immediate thought was, crap, burglars, as we'd been burgled a few weeks before. So obviously, my next step was to investigate. Like I was some sort of teenage Miss Marple, but with no concept of danger. I stepped out of my room, holding the only weapon I could find, a giant metal ruler, about a metre in length, and I started to make my way downstairs. I was stopped by my two dogs, both standing on the middle landing and staring directly at the spot where the knocking had come from, hackles up and growling, staring at an empty space. I couldn't hear any noises and so continued to make my way downstairs and slowly crept around the house, turning lights on, opening doors and peering into cupboards. Finally, I made my way to the living room where I'd been sitting only minutes before my hand hovering over the door handle. I quickly pushed it open and... The electric fire was on, burning brightly and most certainly capable of starting a fire. 
I rushed over to turn the potential death trap off and went back to bed. I wondered if it was a guardian angel or family member. Whoever it was, I'm very grateful. I never had an especially creepy vibe from my childhood home, but strangely, the bedroom that's directly above the living room is always significantly hotter than the other rooms of the house, even when you turn the heating off. I also saw what I think was the apparition of the family cat, walking into that bedroom whilst I was sleeping there. But I'd just woken up so it could have been due to that weird in-between dreaming and waking state. The most interesting incident happened during the autumn of 2012. Nigel was an old family friend, and the whole of my family deeply cared about him. He was a generous, kind and funny man and I feel lucky to have someone like that in my life. Unfortunately, in the summer of 2012, he was given a terminal cancer diagnosis and came to live with me, my parents and brothers in our house. After six weeks, Nigel died, surrounded by us in what I hope was a good death. One of the reasons he didn't want to see out his final days in his own flat was because it was completely full of stuff. He was a bona fide hoarder and was protective of letting people into his space. In the 20 plus years I'd known him, I was only allowed into his flat a few days before he died to collect a gift for his very kind GP. A few days after he'd died, mum, me and both my brothers decided to start organising his belongings and assess how long a clear out might take. Around lunchtime we decided to head over to his flat From the back entrance of the block of flats and three floors up, you could see the window of Nigel's kitchen and partway into the back room. I was walking at the back of the group. I looked up at the kitchen window and could see a shirt in the window. I assumed that Nigel had hung up a dry clean shirt at some point, but as I looked away and looked back up again, the shirt looked sort of full. I kept staring up as we were walking forward and as we drew closer to the entrance... I was confused to see the shirt turn and walk into the flat. But what was so strange, apart from seeing this apparition of a shirt, was that there were no arms, neck, face or legs. It was just a shirt that looked like someone was wearing it, walking, almost gliding, away from the window. When it was next to the window, it was standing right up against it and whoever was wearing it would have been standing in the sink. There was no one in the flat and no shirt hanging in the window when we got inside. It didn't scare me, it was just one of those things. I currently live in a converted Methodist chapel and I'm happy to say, apart from the odd strange light out of the corner of my eye, there doesn't seem to be any ghostly happenings and I'm happy for it to remain that way. Keep up the good work, Josie. P.S. Obligatory love of the podcast mention but I truly do love the dark paranormal and also your rambles. Bless you, Josie, especially for the last part about rambles, and therefore you will enjoy the first 12 minutes, yes, 12 minutes, Becca, of this show. Um, Amazing. What the hell was that then? I don't know. Was it a guardian angel in the first instance who was knocking to say, hey, come and turn this fire off? It might have been. It might have been a family member, but it might not have been a family member saying, you might die in a fire. It might have been a family member saying... The electricity bill in this house is extortionate. You idiot, come and turn it off. Do you know how much this costs? Two bars of heat, woman. But you never know. Hmm, very good. And that second part, yes, well, that's just a little bit eerie. But you know what's dead interesting? Well, says me. Um, I've been seeing more and more 
either ghost stories or ghost videos. As you know, I'm a purveyor of like Nuke's Top 5 on YouTube. I love that um, little series he puts out every week. And also, yeah, if you've got a pen, in fact, you can pause this, can't you? Write these down and check them out on YouTube. Nuke's Top 5, Bizarre Bub, and Matt Toppen, give me another one. Um, what did he, what was the other one? Oh, Mr. Frostmare, I think. Anyway, search them on YouTube because every week they put out like five videos of that week's like ghosts that have been caught on film. And one of them very recently was a guy in Russia. This is relevant to the story from Josie, by the way. Um, was a guy in Russia and he was filming around his apartment because he's had loads of spooky stuff going on and he was about to move out, but he thought he'd try and capture some activity in his apartment. Anyway, he does. He goes out and then this chair moves and he no only knows when he looks back at the footage and all this carry on. It's kind of eerie. It's very like, is it racist to say it's kind of an East, it's an obvious Eastern European flat? I don't know whether that is. Probably not. It's just an observation. Anyway, at one point he picks up the camera and points at himself so he can do like a bit of a piece to camera where he's like, in Russian, very scary here. Um, don't like the ghost is. No, very terrible. Very terrible Rushki ghost. Um, and as he's doing that piece of camera, behind him is a pair, appear out of nowhere, a pair of pants like jeans and shoes, and no like no top off, and not even like it's such a good image. It's I mean if it's fake, it's very well done, but it's such a good Im image because it's not like two um, D, you know, it's three D. Like you can see the bum part of the jeans, as in like through the belt loop. Do you know what I mean? Imagine if somebody was stood just in front of you and then they evaporated and the jeans were still there and you could see right in the jeans. It's like that, really well done. And there's also some video footage of like, um, from other alleged true paranormal encounters of like a pair of pants just running off. Yeah, <laughs> as well, in another place. So I don't know, but it's a good, why I'm liking these sorts of videos is because when I was growing up and I was into the paranormal and I'd get into heated arguments with friends of mine, they would say things like, why aren't the ghosts of clothes? Or why do ghosts wear clothes then? And apparently these videos are showing like ghosts choosing to put on clothes, like actual physical clothes and go, right, I'm off to town. So you never know. Hmm, very good. Anyway, if you've got a story that is sat on and you want me to read it out, and I'd love to, by the way, people, then send it in to contact at talkaboutghosts.com and I will read it out. Yes, I will. And um, yeah, other than that, if you're a Patreon, I'll speak to you shortly about Catholic ghosts. That's the intention. And if you're not, you can go to patreon.com forward slash we need to talk about ghosts. And in the meantime and in between time, guys, I will speak to you next Vokken, as the Germans would say. In the words of Jeremy Springer from the mid-90s, take care of yourself and each other. Okay, you wonderful cats. Tatty bye. <laughs>